This is a word from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 8 and 10. 10. And God says to us, My steadfast love shall not depart from you. With everlasting love, I will have compassion on you. The Lord is our Redeemer. God blots out our transgressions and will not remember our sins. So return, listen, so that you may live. Amen. Amen. We'd like to invite all the children and youth to come forward for the children's moment. よかったら前に来てください一緒にお話ししましょう Yes yeah. Have a seat yeah. Good morning Good morning <laughs> Yes Wow you can open your mouth really big huh Wow that's awesome Yeah All right Good morning. Good morning. It's always awesome to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. It's so great to see you. And good morning to those who are joining us online. So, today in my message, I will talk about these sisters. Their names are Mary and Martha. Have you. Sorry? Have you ever heard Mary and Martha in the Bible? Anyone? Maybe raise your hands if you know the story, if you're familiar with the story of Mary and Martha. Yeah, older, older kids, <laughs> I'm sure you have heard once or more than once. Hi, good morning. So, I thought, you know, me just talking about it kind of can be boring, right? Because I'm just me, but with a picture, I thought it would be more interesting, right? To read together. So here you go. I'm going to read a story. It's called At Mary and Martha's Home. And you know, those who can read really, but you can still look at the picture and imagine what the story is like. So Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha lived. She welcomed him into her home. Right? This is Martha's home, looks like. And that's kind of a big home, don't you think? All right. She, Martha, had a sister named Mary. And Mary sat at the Lord's feet. This is Jesus' feet, listening to what Jesus said. So this is Mary sitting near Jesus and listening to his story. But Martha, this is her sister Martha right here, was busy with all the things that had to be done. So she was Doing all the preparation, making meals, and hosting Jesus and his followers, she was busy. She came to Jesus, Martha, who was so busy working, welcoming people, Jesus, and said, My sister, Mary, has left me to do all the work by myself. Don't you care? Tell her to, tell her to help me. And this is what Jesus said to Martha. Oh, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So that's the story. 
what do you think of the story? What did you like about it? Or what you didn't like about it? Anyone? <laughs> Just in case nobody answers, I asked Claire to, <laughs> to say something beforehand. So Claire, can you share what you thought of the story? It was okay story. <laughs> All right. I hope it's it's a good story. So when I read that, when I read this story, you know what I thought immediately came to my mind? If Martha lived in this time, like you know, right now we are living, you know, Martha was busy with like all the meal preparation, cooking. She was so busy. Then I asked myself, what are we busy with? Instead of spending time with Jesus, what are we making ourselves busy with? I don't know, you guys are maybe busy with playing, hanging out with friends, but... Mimi? Hmm? Mimi? You're busy with Mimi? <laughs> okay, you're busy with, you know, scratching your ear. Yeah, I, I like to do Mimi Kaki too, picking ears, you know? Yeah, we can be busy with that. The point of the story is that Jesus is telling there are more important things in this world than making meals all the time or picking our ears all the time or what else? Um, hmm, phone. If you might have noticed, grown-ups have quite an obsession over phone, <laughs> including myself. So Jesus is telling us that there are a lot of things that you can do, you can choose to do, but there's only one thing that is really important. That is about, you're trying to listen to God, you're trying to learn more about God, and that's what's really important. And other things are not super, super important that you don't have to worry about. So as you go out this week, you know, you go to school, or you hang out with friends, or you go at an after-school program, maybe you can think about, what am I focusing on today at this moment? Is it God, God's teaching, or is it something else? If so, we can ask God to help us. All right, let's pray. Dear God, it's hard to focus on you sometimes because there are many other things that is exciting or many other things that might worry us sometimes. God, help us to focus on you and your teaching and your ways so that we can become more like you. Thank you for loving us. And please bless all the KUC children and youth. We pray all these in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, Madoka, Noah, and Kaya's mom is taking you all downstairs, children, to children worship time. Today's scripture reading uh, comes from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Here is the word of the Lord. 
Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, praise, and glory be to God. Amen. Thank you, Mika. Whoa, okay. So, this famous passage, you know, people often talk about distraction, what keeps away from us the focus of God and God's teaching. And speaking of distraction, I guess I was quite distracted this morning that I forgot to wear um, stole, stole, as you have noticed, as I was just praising, I just realized I forgot to wear stole today. All right, let's pray. Lord, as we listen to you, Help us to turn our attention to your word. Help us not to be distracted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with the calendar of the Christian year. I asked Dom to put, put up on the screen the Christian calendar, and here it is. So if you look at this here, look at this image here on the screen, you can see that we are in this larger section after Pentecost, which is called ordinary time, marked in green. During a year in the life of the church, there are three major holidays, holiday seasons we celebrate. Christmas, which is in red, I think. Easter, which is in yellow. And Pentecost, which is in red. Right? And all each of these seasons highlight one particular aspect of the Christian journey. During the Christmas season, we celebrate the fact that God is with us. The fact that Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, which means God with us, came to participate in the human experience in a way that we could connect with and understand. Our God chose to come in the form of a human just to be with us. And during the Easter season, we celebrate the fact that God is for us. We realize in this time that we are sinful, that we are a people who cannot form a direct relationship with God on our own, because we are a people who can't make salvation happen for ourselves. What was necessary for us to be saved was for Jesus, who knew, who knew or committed no sin to be hung on the cross to die for us, so that through his death, we can be once again reconnected to the goodness of our almighty God. Then, during the Pentecost season, we celebrate the fact that God is in us. God's our own spirit is poured out on us and lives within us even now. 
Because God has made a dwelling within our hearts and minds and bodies, we are continually renewed, given the ability to strive to be more like Christ-like every day. So while these are the major celebrations, the seasons we mark in the faith journey of each Christian year, you probably noticed something interesting about these seasons. Maybe you can put the image back on the screen, Dom. These major seasons, Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost, seem awfully short for something that's called a season, don't they? In fact, these big green parts, which are marked as ordinary time, sure seems to be much longer. As you can see, the ordinary time makes up the largest portion of the church calendar. And right away, we can start to understand that while the big moments, such as Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, in our Christian year are important, in our overall journey, that time after the arrival of Jesus, the time after the salvation of Easter morning, the time after the descent of God's own spirit, these times are just as important too. Thank you, Dom. It's mid-July now, and as you can see from the image on the screen we just saw, and I said earlier, we are in the time called ordinary time. While the name might cause you to think that this time is nothing special because it's called ordinary, it's actually very important to our lives as Christians. As humans, we love to mark the big days of the year, like Christmas, Easter, Pentecost. And in the same way, we like to mark Sunday as the big day of the week. Right? The day when we set aside our daily routines of the week and come together to worship God, study the word of God deeply, and be in prayerful fellowship with all of God's family. And, but as, in, as important as these times are, ordinary time is just as important. What we say, what we do in our daily lives when we are not at church really matters. The relationships we have at home, at school, at work, these ordinary relationships matter. In today's scripture, Jesus enters into the everyday life of two women, Mary and Martha, sisters living in a town called Bethany, a few miles outside of Jerusalem. While he's on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus stops by their home for a visit. Now, in the first century Middle East, this is where things took place, having a guest over was kind of a big deal, requiring a great deal of preparation, which was typically put on the shoulders of the woman in the household. Martha, as was expected of a woman in those days, was busy doing all the things that would need to be done in order to properly welcome Jesus and his followers into the house. All the hospitality, meal preparation, and everything else that might be necessary. Now, her sister Mary, on the other hand, doesn't seem to be busy at all. She's just hanging out, sitting at Jesus' feet, and listening to all the things Jesus is saying. Luke chapter 10, verse 39. So seeing this, Martha complains to Jesus that it is not fair that she's the only one doing all the work. And she even criticized Mary for leaving her to do all the work needed to host Jesus and the others. Luke chapter 10, verse 40. And in her frustration, this is what Martha says to Jesus. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? 
In Martha's mind, Mary isn't doing anything, just chilling and hanging out with Jesus, skipping all the hard work so she can do the easy and fun stuff. But for just a moment, let's step back and think about the time and place where today's scripture passage takes place. In the first century Middle East, women were expected to handle all the household tasks, and when a guest arrived, it would be the woman who would prepare everything in the house, including cooking the food while the guests were present. And in those days, men and women were not supposed to mingle at all, and definitely not while they were still preparations to be made. And what's more, taking a position at the feet of Jesus was a significant act because taking that place was assuming the position of a disciple, listening directly to the master, teacher's instruction. And this privilege was only reserved for men. But as you can see in today's passage from the book of Luke, Jesus is perfectly happy to break this cultural practice and doesn't turn away a woman from a sitting at his feet. And in this space, not only in Jesus' per impression, sorry, Jesus' permission important, but Mary was doing some, something significant too. She wasn't just chilling, hanging out and having fun with Jesus and the guys. In this space reserved for men, she was being actively present, studying the word of Christ and learning how to be a disciple. And Jesus totally welcomes that. Jesus welcomes Mary into this traditionally male space and accepts her presence as a student learning more about his ways. In this way, their relationship is publicly defined as that of a teacher and a student. Mary sits at Jesus' feet and listens, and showing that in Jesus' world, there is no boundary between the worlds of men and women. Everyone is welcome to come to him and learn from him. So while this powerful and radical thing is happening in the living room at Martha's home, Martha is in the kitchen totally missing out this big picture moment. She doesn't actually even seem to realize that anything important is even happening. And this is because Martha is distracted. Her focus isn't on what Jesus is saying or what Jesus is doing. It's somewhere else entirely. Her focus is on Mary's behavior, her sister's behavior, what Mary is not doing right, and how Jesus is making no effort to correct Mary's wrong behavior. Martha actually confronts Jesus directly, saying that he doesn't seem to care about how overworked Martha is, how overwhelmed she is with all the things she's asked to do. She asked Jesus to tell Mary to get back in the kitchen and come help her. And how does Jesus respond to that? Jesus calls out Martha. He points out that she is distracted, and not by just one thing, but by many things. Luke chapter 10, verse 40 through 41. I think it's interesting that Jesus so easily calls Martha out for being distracted. But Martha, Martha herself does not have that level of awareness. In fact, from her perspective, she's doing all the good things, all the hard work necessary to serve the Lord. Masa says, my sister left, left me to do all the work by myself. 
The word used here for work in the Greek actually means serving. So in Martha's mind, everything that she's doing is actually a service to her Lord, Jesus Christ. She's doing all good things in service to God. She doesn't even phrase this as work, but as a kind of service, acts of charity and kindness done for the Lord, centered around welcoming Jesus and all those who came to listen to his teaching. Martha is serving, at least that is her perspective. But Jesus calls all her service just a distraction, something unnecessary, which doesn't really serve either his needs or the needs of his people. Jesus makes the point at the end of this story saying that Mary chose the better part, Luke chapter 10, verse 42. Mary chose this one thing, the only thing that she ever needed to do make Jesus feel welcome in her home. And that thing was not necessarily welcoming people in that human way by meeting their needs and making sure they have everything they want, but by welcoming Jesus in her heart and mind by listening and learning at the feet of Jesus. See, that choice between welcoming and teaching can be tough. And in a church community, this choice can be a source of tension sometimes. As followers of Jesus, we welcome all people, young and old, men and women, black and white, yellow, brown, Christians, non-Christians, single, divorced, married, criminal, poor, widowed, disabled, everyone and anyone. But that doesn't necessarily mean that in order to welcome them, we ignore Jesus sitting right there in the living room. It doesn't mean that we burn ourselves out trying to accommodate every want and need that might arise in our community. It doesn't mean that we have to respond to every single comment, complaint, and request that arises in our community. It is Jesus who breaks down those boundaries and welcomes everyone to sit at his feet. First and foremost, our task is to listen to God. Pay attention to the teachings of Jesus and carefully discern what exactly we are called to focus, focus on in our community at the moment. Sometimes our church faces challenges when we focus too much on doing every little thing we can to make people feel comfortable and welcome in our house. And don't get me wrong, I'm very aware of the importance of the radical welcome Jesus showed in allowing Mary to cross these cultural boundaries and take her place at Jesus' feet as a student. But my point is this. While we invest ourselves in being wonderfully welcoming community, the boundary between being a welcome community and being a community who focus on welcoming as the highest priority is so very thin. If we invest ourselves too much in filling every cup, answering every little complaint, making sure that everyone feels comfortable, making sure that everyone gets exactly what they want, soon enough, we'll have missed the chance to listen to Jesus while we were busy focusing on these things instead. Think about what happened to Martha. She thought that all the serving she was doing was so important, so absolutely vital that she couldn't drop anything. 
In fact, she even asked Jesus to take Mary to help her because she couldn't risk anything not getting done. This kind of desperation is what Jesus calls worry. Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. Worry is a powerful feeling, isn't it? A kind of desperation which can blind us and take our focus away from the things we should be focused on. It makes us feel as though we have no other choice but to keep doing what we've been doing, or even worse, somehow try to do more than we've been doing. When the church begins to decline in membership, when finances start to look tight, it's quite understandable that they will be worried. Is our church going to be okay? Is it ever going to grow again? Many churches around the world, even before the pandemic, have been experiencing this anxiety. And I hear this concern echoed by other communities in my denomination and even other union churches. And let's face it, we have the same concern for our church too. When we are wrapped up in this kind of worry, it can be very tempting to try to offer more programs, add more options, and try to accommodate and respond to every single need expressed by every single person in the community. When we, find that people like, when we find that people like something, there is a temptation to do that thing even more, to keep doing only what people like. When people say they felt challenged by something, that they don't like, they didn't like something, out of that desperate worry that we might lose even more, we are tempted to pull back from doing that thing, whether that thing that challenged people was actually good for their spiritual growth or not. Soon enough, rather than being, at a being a church which focuses on the teachings of Jesus and acts on them, inviting everyone to share in the welcome that Jesus himself extends to us all, we can become a social club instead, doing only those things that people like and avoiding anything that people don't like. And here's a simple truth. The simple truth is that we are not God. We have to remember that we are not Christ. It's not up to us to accommodate every want and need of God's people. And while we are a church which is welcome and open to all, that welcome doesn't come from us. Welcome comes from Jesus and is made real as we listen to the teachings of Jesus and do as he taught us to do. Welcoming people is important to us because it is what Jesus taught us to do, not because it's a good way to get people to come back to our church. As members of the church, members of the body of Christ, our role isn't to connect people to ourselves, to our human ways of thinking and doing, but to connect them to the teachings of Jesus and to give people support to help them follow these teachings. And this is a hard truth of our Christian journey. We are not say yes. We are not here to say yes to everything. In fact, the scripture is clear. We are to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. Drawing boundaries, discerning where our focus ought to be, prioritizing accordingly is not unchristian. 
But oftentimes we think that way because we feel like saying no is unloving. But as we see in today's text, and Jesus warns us, there are destructions in this world. There are ways of thinking and expectations and worries that can distract us from hearing the teachings of Jesus and which can tempt us away from following his teachings. They blur our focus and make it hard for us to know how to choose the better things for our spiritual growth. And this also means that sometimes we receive a no in the church community. Sometimes we have to say no to things, and sometimes we have to accept receiving a no from people for the things we ask for, for the things we desire for ourselves. As a church, we have to discern well whether the classes, activities, and opportunities we offer are indeed spiritually nourishing people. Are people feeling welcomed and accepted for who they are in our community? or just being invited to activities they might enjoy. Because this detail is very important. We need to create a base of trust, love, kindness, and respect for one another before we get on the hard journey of learning and following Jesus' teachings. But once that base has been established, we need to keep asking the larger question. Are people being challenged in their complacency? being confronted on how they are living their lives and inspired to reform the actions of their faith when they are not in line with Jesus' teachings? Are people being encouraged to choose and live differently and they are getting all the support they need to do so? If not, if we, all we are doing just encouraging the status quo and we are not better off than Martha, doing all the destructing things that were expected of her. Sometimes we have to be willing to let go of things, let things change, and to say no to things. But as Christians, how we do that is very important. Look at how Jesus confronted Martha. He didn't judge her, nudge her, nor did he tell her exactly what to do in that moment. He simply stated the fact that Martha was worried and distracted by many things. Using Mary's example, Jesus indicated there was an entirely different way of being and serving the Lord in that time and place. Jesus did not tell Martha what to do, but let her choose her own priorities in the end. Are we a church community that encourages each other to choose what is better thing for our spiritual growth? Are we a supportive community that encourages people to reach for maturity in their faith, challenging preconceptions and expectations so that we can all sit together at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teachings? Removing distractions in our spiritual journey and growth is not easy. We all have something that distracts us from focusing and following the teachings of Jesus, both as individuals and as a church community. But I would like us all to remember that Jesus loved both Martha and Mary equally. And you can see that in John chapter 11, verse 5 even though he had to call Martha out for her dis destruction, Jesus still loved her so much. 
I hope we can be a community that is comfortable calling out distractions lovingly, challenging ourselves boldly, and choosing to focus on Jesus even when there's a million other things we feel like we can do. Let us pray. Lord, your truth can be hard sometimes. You always ask us to choose a better thing, to challenge ourselves so that we can become more like you. Help us to discern, Lord, what the better thing is for us as your children individually and also as a church community. Unite our mind with your will for us, for our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.